We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Guys, it's Kirk Henderson. I'm joined by Tim Yeager, but before uh, he and I start our conversation... Um, I wanted to apologize for a little bit of a gap in posting. So between summer league and my hilarious, like it it took me like 17 hours to get home from summer league. I was just out of gas. And then, you know, most people know I moved. So like trying to get things, uh, you know, kind of back on a schedule has been difficult. And then, you know, there's just not been enough Mav stuff that I wanted to get on the horn and talk about it. I figured you guys wouldn't mind. You guys got the uh, the good folks who locked on Mavs and some other places that do daily postings. And, you know, I, as much as I enjoy talking about Mavs all the time, sometimes there's just no reason for me to say anything. And I need to uh, to take that advice a little more often. But again, uh, joining me today is Tim Yeager. Those of you on Twitter know him from his delightful, irreverent account, House Mavericks. Tim, how are you? too kind man thank you uh yeah i'm good dude i'm good today was uh the first day of school for my little kindergartner girl uh, my oldest daughter so today was crazy a lot of emotions came out of nowhere uh which was was funny was not expecting that Uh, so i'm exhausted but i'm really (laughs) excited to to hang out for a little bit and talk math well, I am glad you joined me because I, I, I understand that sort of, you know, I, I only have the one and you have many and, and uh, the, the kind of the kind of like brain dead exhaustion that can come with a day. And that's it's been my favorite thing about our, our you know, our, my co my co-host on the, the Mavs Moneyball podcasts, Josh Bowe, is, is he's he has his first and he's just getting into the thick of things. And I, I, I've tried to tell him like, this is where you just kind of learn that you're operating at about 80% of what you used to be able to do because your emotional energy is it, it's hard. <laughs> it gets spent in ways that you're not really prepared for. Um, 
Well, let's kind of let's kind of jump right in it because I, I want you to kind of walk us through a little bit because your account, I really enjoyed your social media account. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what led you to Mavs Moneyball a little bit later. But, you know, walk us through, you know, how your kind of Mavs fandom and, you know, is in as, as little or as much detail as you feel like sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was uh, born and raised, grew up in Rockwall, um, so a suburb, you know, east of Dallas. And so uh, Dallas sports was kind of just what me and my family uh, grew up cheering for. And I would say um, me and my family, I got four older brothers. So it's a, a, I got mom, dad, and and five boys. And it was crazy. Um, And, but weirdly enough, we're all soccer players. Like that was our one true love at first. And all my brothers, the older brothers were always playing club soccer. I played uh, club soccer. We were big into soccer. Um, but whenever I started to get about, I don't know, eight, nine or 10 or so was when I started to, uh, kind of shift my love towards basketball. And that was around, uh, around the same time as Dirk was drafted. And really my first moment of like truly falling in love with the Mavericks, uh, was the 2001 playoffs when they were mm-hmm. st- first, you know, start just at the very beginning of, of being good finally, um, and that comeback Utah Jazz right down 0-2 back when it was a five-game series in the first round, and uh, to win that series, you know, Dirk Finley, just those guys was uh, just captivated. I think I was what nine or ten years old in 2001. Uh, so man, I was just at the brink of just true childhood fandom, um, and obviously Dirk being young and just taking off from there um to you know oh three and just the the craziness of of that run and that's probably my biggest what if for the Mavs man oh three if he didn't get hurt um felt like that was a good year but yeah man it just took off from there really um you know grew up in the Dallas area went to tons of games went with my dad I remember reunion arena um then transitioning to American Airlines Center just growing up uh big big Mavs fan so and then uh, played basketball myself and just loved the game so yeah, dude, that's kind of what what captured me uh, at a young age. Yeah, those those teams for people of a certain age, and there's one of the enjoyable things for me, at least on social media, is talking to like there's a whole lot of younger fans who just didn't get like like Dirk. They know him from video, but they don't they know older Dirk. They know kind of yeah. like like late stage Clint Eastwood Dirk, and it, <laughs> anybody that was around and and you know our childhoods are kind of those things where everything's rose tinted, but those Mavericks teams from like 2000 to 2005 were so weird and fun. And it just, it, it's, it's pretty, the, the kind of, I don't want to call them too boring, but it's just the, the, some of the teams between 2011 and 2018 were just like, it's kind of, they're just so, so much less interesting than those earlier teams. And I don't know if that's because I'm just remembering it differently, but it was that's a great time to really be a Mavs fan because it's you know the, he he's he's the kind of superstar like the way Luca is where it's just a generational thing and if you can latch on to that guy you know the, you you are going to be hooked for life even if the team <laughs> kind of goes through some things you know yeah no absolutely I, I think it was just perfect timing dude for me to be nine ten years old uh, for you know for Dirk to start to you know, figure things out and for, uh, the team to turn that corner and to really develop, um, you know, it makes me think of, I don't know who, what the, you know, exact age of people who listen to this, but man, the 10 year olds now, you know, being able to have Luca and, you know, 
I don't expect him to stay for 21 years, but you know, that idea that I felt like, man, just my whole life was centered around watching Dirk play basketball, which is such a unique um, joy of fanhood that not many people get to um, experience. So yeah, dude, I just, I've, I felt lucky looking back. And I think, you know, those early 2000 teams and the joy that we think, uh, you know, back on when we, when we think about those teams, it, I mean, yes, it was probably our childhood and being young and just, you know, being the true innocent fan of just the joys and the, the mountaintops and the valleys instead of overanalyzing, <laughs> overanalyzing every little thing now that we're older. And, right. Um, yeah, it's just that. And that was a freaking fun period of basketball. And uh, I mean, still so many frustrations feel like I can't get, you know, those Sacramento Kings teams out of my brain of mm-hmm. like what well, was Oh two or Oh four or whatever. Uh, and the Spurs obviously, and just uh, freaking, you know, there's, Lots of different heartaches that come from that as well. But, yeah, dude, it just feels nostalgic talking about those early 2000 teams. Yeah, I still remember there was like a tweet maybe like three weeks ago that was essentially like guys can just sit around and talk about old sports dudes. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a big part of, of what like our slack is every day where we had like – I didn't want to get into it, but our contributor, Matthew, like made a Zaza Pachulia comment. Now, I, I was really willing – like I, I had to debate like spending like a half hour. Like I was like, I want to argue with him about this. But I just didn't. But that's that's what's fun about like really getting kind of knee-deep into this. Well, speaking Absolutely. of that, I, I see on Twitter you joined 2015. At what point did you kind of rebrand yourself uh, based off of the – the what was it? Um, Game of Zones uh, – that, yeah. that that incredible uh, YouTube series over a Bleacher Report that was kind of you know doing like Game of Thrones and style videos about the Maver- or about the NBA and they had one really just great segment. Um, um, that, yeah. So walk us through what what how did that rebrand come about? And then, cause all of a sudden you just had like 10,000 followers. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. <laughs> no, that's exactly how I would put it too. Um, so, I mean, I have a personal Twitter account, but it's not interesting for any of y'all to follow. So don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, and you know, I got that probably shoot like my sophomore junior year of college. So like mm-hmm. 20, 2011, probably when I got it, 2012, um, and that was cool and all, and I was blowing up. Obviously, like Twitter to me is just about sports. It's kind of where, you know, a lot of people say this, and it's somewhat true. It's, you know, it's kind of my newspaper um, sure. in a way of how the you know the game is developed and, the, and media wise, it's just everything goes to Twitter first, pretty much. And so, uh, and I was just blowing it up with just math stuff, and I had a bunch of you know family and work people and just you know different friends following me that cared nothing about that. Um, and it started, you know, I just started to get comment after comment after comment, blah, blah, blah. And that was fine. I, you know, this, I, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just pretty much make a burner account if you will. Um, and I don't even remember what it was first called. It hasn't always been house Mavericks. Um, uh, and I, I don't know, some Dallas basketball account. And I, it wasn't really like hadn't had no following at all. And then, gosh, what was it? Probably 20, 2018, maybe? 20, yeah, 20, 2017, 2018 is when uh, I think those Game of Zones videos started kind of circulating. Um, and really, it like you put it in a way that, I mean, I, I have no better words for it. Like I changed the, the account to House Mavericks. I put, you know, freaking Mark Cuban as my 
profile pic and his <laughs> you know stupid get up. I can't remember what that character's name that lady is in the actual Game of Thrones right. uh, TV well, show. But yes, there you go, perfect. And so I mean, it's just hilarious. And so I haven't touched it since. Like I've contemplated, like, do I need to put my name on here? No, you don't. No, you I don't. It's it's, it's 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 perfect. And so it just started to blow up. And you know, I, I'm. I'm pretty casual when it comes. I don't have a whole lot of hot takes here and there. I enjoy watching the games. I enjoy being a fan, um, but also enjoy just making jokes and being stupid online and, you know, trying to the, the game, the, the game watching experience to me is now watching the game. And then as soon as there's a timeout or a dead ball, I'm on Twitter. And sure. it seems like a lot of people kind of operate that way as well. Mm-hmm. So I just thought like, man, dude, timeouts, you know, dead ball situations. If I can think of something funny, you know, if I think of something witty or if I can just add some commentary, like it's, it's fun. I can't, I've now gotten to the point, which is crazy to say this and I don't mean to sound conceited at all, but like, I can't like talk to everyone on it. Cause it gets moments where I'm just like, there's too much going sure. on. Um, but I, I love interacting with people too, even amidst the craziness that I feel like Mavs Twitter has just been crazy the past two years but uh, but yeah that's kind of how it developed it was just meant to be kind of a a fun Mavs related Twitter just to you know keep it clean and keep it consistent and kind of get my audience to know that this is for the Mavs and not you know posting pictures of my kids that no one cares about sure well friends but uh, there's some of that and that that may grow into that we'll see but at the same time um, yeah people follow for Mavs related stuff and so I just kind of keep it consistent well, those of us who are who are online a little too much, I'm trying to be better about this, but I probably never will be. But those of us who are online a little too much kind of tend to dip towards just the 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 I don't know, like if not pessimism, realism to the point of being annoying. Um, and you know, there's there's really there's a good space for really just outright just reminding teams, reminding people that like this is supposed to be fun. Um, like the, I'm scrolling through your timeline as we look at this, and you posted it was like a week ago when the Mavs finally won a summer league game, like a gif of a kid winning the the national spelling bee. It says we did it, y'all. We won a summer league game. And the kid looks so bored, and it's like it's just. I mean, that's the sort of stuff because it's like we need to not. There's there's time and a space where I think we should kind of take it as seriously as we can is, is in terms of being like paying fans, but ultimately like what we think no one, like the team doesn't care. So it, it's time to like, like there are times where it's just like, all right, everybody just needs to, to lighten up a little bit. And I think your account does this. Maz Reddit is really good about this. Uh, he's very sassy all the time. And, and, you know, that's, that, that kind of leads me to the next thing that I want to talk to you about because like when I, uh, I got put in charge of our website um, March of 2020, and we had had kind of the same cast of folks. And I very much wanted to make a concerted effort to bring on more balanced people that would correct sort of Josh and I's worst impulses because we're so neck deep in this that sometimes we just can't help but meet curmudgeons. And you know, when you applied, I was really glad uh, because it's like we need some more people on our site, and I'm, I'm sure like listeners of this podcast would agree. Which just like there doesn't. You know, we need to stop being so rude. Like, I don't know about rude, but it's just like there. Something. It's okay to to not be to not. You know, like what I said to lead the podcast, where it's like I'm going to try to be a little bit better about not saying something. Like, my I don't need to add my voice to the cacophony of grumpiness when 
you know, the Mavericks have a generational player and, and that sort of thing. So, so what led you to, to, and I don't even know if I've asked you this before, what led you to kind of uh, apply when I put up that uh, brief job posting for like an hour last summer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think, uh, you know, at first, like I was communicating, like I, I kind of just made this account, just had a fun at first. Um, and then it, you know, it, it created a following. Um, and, uh, whenever, you know, a lot of it is memes and stupid stuff and I'm trying to make jokes and, you know, that's all fun and games. Uh, but I do love the game of basketball and I do care, you know, about, uh, what happens on the court and, and the different, uh, strategies within the game and the schemes and the players and how they fit together. You know, as anyone who played the game and loves the game and watches it for more than entertainment, I mean, I'm looking at those kind of things. And so, you know, I, I've done some different work for different blogs and different things in the past. Um, but at that season of life, I was just, it was a bit chaotic and just kind of had to focus on, uh, growing my family and the different jobs that I had. Um, uh, but I've, I've reached a point in my life where I've hit some consistency for once, mm, <laughs> you know, hard I'm, to do. Um, exactly. You know, I've, I've hit a, you know, hit a phase where my family's consistent. We're done. We're just, you know, we're, we're, I've had the same job for a while now. It's just, a my schedule's a little bit more predictable besides maybe, you know, the toddler, things here and there but at the same time i mean i just love basketball uh i love being able to operate and i mean if i completely honest like i live in houston now uh for work and as you probably can imagine there's not many mass fans here that i've built within my community of people that i talk with on an everyday basis and so mm -hmm. i miss that um you know growing up in the dallas area and going off to college there was you know i could find a mass fan here and there to to hang out with to talk to you know more than just like you know, oh, Luke is good. You know, like talk with more about everything that we do here at Most Mass Money Ball. So that was super attractive as well, just to find a community to to hang out with, to talk with, um, and to to analyze the basketball because uh, I love it. That's that's probably the funniest part about running a site like this, where I will get daily emails and messages from people who are like, "Well, if you don't like the team, you just shouldn't watch." And I'm like, guys, like, like. <laughs> Like it's like not to be too mean to anybody that doesn't know this, but it's like I promise that I think about the team more than more than eighty, Way you know, eighty much. ninety percent. Yeah, it's like <laughs> like this is it's like a part of my routine. There's getting up, brushing my teeth, and then checking Mavs money ball to see if there's anything we need to do. Like it's 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 really fun being part of like an active community because I think we as as kind of a website um, have a little bit of an interesting niche because. No, we have some people on staff that are like dot like actual reporters like doyle and josh are trained journalists i am not Absolutely. um and so it's like we have kind of this perspective where we want to be professional but like we don't hide the fact that we're fans we also don't hide the fact that we are not above like we're not very interested in being um like i i love these players and i i would love to like you know, some of the things that you've had happen with with you in your life in terms of being a fan um, are really neat. And I like I took my son to like an early Luca game. Like there's things like that that I really hold on to. But like by and large, like I'm not that interested in like talking to the players, like in terms of basketball stuff. Like I don't they're not going to be my friend. Like I'm not, like I'm not. And so it's like I want to I, I want there to be that that kind of that wall between me and me and the players and the team and the organization to where we can talk about them honestly and then if we're being too ridiculous, also have that conversation as well, which, I mean, we have within our staff every now and again, where it's like, all right, we're hitting this issue way too hard. Like our commenters are often like, Kirk, you need to lighten up about Porzingis. And 
I don't know. I just got off a, a Locked on Mass podcast where I kind of said that to the effect of, you know, maybe I was wrong about some aspects of what I was talking about. And and I enjoy, like, having those kind of conversations as fans where you can, like, walk through the fact of, of you know, the fact that this is being and in, in covering a sports team is is really a, a, a emotional roller coaster and it shouldn't be boring. Like if I at any time that I, I, you know, get tired of this, then I will stop doing it. Does you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, what's what's unique about you is 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 your live tweeting. Right. Some people <laughs> like kind of craft up their tweets to make sure that it is, you know, carefully crafted and it makes sure that it's, you know, whether it's I don't know, what words you want to be able to, you know, communicate about those things, but dude, you just go for it. And that's what's, that's what passion is. That's what fanhood is like, but the, the, where the way where it's like, you know, uh, I guess unfairly critiqued is when you take that out of context. And then, Oh yeah. Like you look at it the next day. You said this, well, okay, well it was three, you know, it was three seconds left in the fourth and Josh Richardson, you know, kept the ball to himself and didn't pass it to Luca. Like, obviously I'm going to bash him like crazy. In that I tweet, but whatever like the case I'm may be. I don't, I don't know bar. what it was, but live tweeting. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> isn't that in a New York subway or something? Did I? Oh yeah, that? it was for a while when they were doing like an ad campaign, but that's I a, basically tweet like I'm like I'm yelling at a sports bar. That is my tweet. And, and because, you know, I, I did the same thing you did, whereas like people got tired of me posting about it on Facebook. And I get reminded of this like every year during the 2011 playoffs where I was like posting Facebook statuses like every 10 minutes. Um, it's, it's just really bad. Yeah. But but it's, uh, awesome. you know, it, the, the ability to one of the things that's fun is like the ability to to give folks that are really interested and want to write every now and again about the Mavericks, a place to do that where it will get read widely. And, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about getting to a place where there's some, you know, at least some consistency or attempts at consistency within life. So, so understanding that and kind of looking ahead to, to 21, 22 season, what are you kind of looking forward to? And then is there anything that you're going to kind of keep an eye out for that you might be interested in, in writing about down the road? Right now we're in the absolute dead zone. So there's like, we're coming up yeah. with insane content, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, season <laughs> stuff. Absolutely. No, I think some of the kind of, uh, I don't know, just bigger storylines that I'm looking forward to, to next season, obviously, you know, huge one is Jason Kidd. Um, what that dynamic looks like, whether the on-court stuff, obviously it's going to look different than what we are used to. I mean, it's been a decade and a half of Carlisle. And so that's going to be quite the adjustment of, you know, of just seeing what happens and seeing the flow of the offense. And then, you know, he talks about defense and what does that even look like for a Mavericks team to focus on defense and like just a whole new coaching uh, regime and the staff and, and and the dynamic between him and Luca on the court, like you know, Luca was very visibly frustrated with Carlisle in the playoffs, and I don't, you know, I'll give Carlisle somewhat benefit of the doubt in different moments because Luca is just so passionate and competitive and hot headed. I think he'd get mad at anyone for calling mm-hmm. a timeout at different points or just you know if he's frustrated with. Um, whatever, getting subbed out when he gets a second foul, you know, like late in the first or early in the second. And like the dude wants to be on the court 24 seven. He doesn't want to stop playing ever. He's going to get frustrated at kid as well. Like that's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but just the on-court dynamics between the team, um, what kid 
dude, I'm so on the fence about Jason Kidd. I, I try to be positive. I try to look at it half full. I'm just, I mean, he's, he hasn't done a whole lot to prove or to be excited about him being the leader of this organization, of this team and, and the on-court stuff. So, I mean, that's huge, but I mean, that as well as KP, I mean, I'm super interested in Porzingis and what that looks like. If, if all this blabber about an off season, you know, not being in rehab, not being injured is really going to show um, if his productivity is going to be there um if his role what that even looks like um or if that's just an l and we you know take it and figure out what that looks like at the trade deadline um so uh there's lots of different storylines but i I mean i guess as anyone would probably communicate it's got to be kid um and just what that means for what the mavericks even look like on the court and has he seen growth and maturity based on his stint with Brooklyn and his stint in Milwaukee has been not the main person has him sitting in the second chair on the Lakers bench and being able to be with LeBron, being able to win a championship, being a part of a culture, a winning culture, uh, you know, um, uh, a franchise that is, you know, yeah, just huge. And so, uh, you know, has he truly learned from that and has he grown within that and, can he be the leader that the Mavs need in this really crucial next, you know, extension of, of Lucas career? Yeah. I, I think that our side has been particularly challenging of, of the kid hire, uh, understanding that there, we knew there's nothing that we can do, but I, I will say that I think that the spotlight will be on Jason Kidd fairly early. Um, I think back to when, Rick Carlisle walked away from the team, you know, and Tim McMahon of ESPN said something along the fact of like, he knew he was going to be on the hot seat. You know, he knew that was, that was kind of the, the gist. And I think with, between the, you know, Mirren Fader book with all these anecdotes about Jason Kidd from Giannis's early years. And like, there's just a lot of stuff that makes him look poor. The world is different than it was four or five years ago. Um, and, and going back to Giannis's rookie year and going back to his time in Brooklyn. And I, I think that there's reason for cautious optimism because you, we just, one, there's not really any other option, but two, I, I think that he's too smart of a guy to not know that the world is now like, he's going to be under a microscope for how he treats players. Um, there's, I'm really looking looking forward to sort of seeing what happens there because there's there's a a path to this really working well. I'm not sure about it. I I, I don't I feel better about it than I did just because I, I think that you know Luca not liking the way Rick treated certain players means that Luca's not you know he's he's that kind of you know kind of quieter leader that I think will make a difference with how kid treats the back end of the bench. And, you know, if any, if there's any silly stuff, this is just going to go away quickly. Like Luca's the most, I mean, he's, he's the most powerful sports figure in Dallas right now. Like, <laughs> like it's kind of not talked about enough because he's so young, but it's just that what, what he says is says is kind of going to go now. It's it's a matter of what he chooses to, to exercise his power. But, you know, we have something like 55 days until the season season starts. We have like a month until media day. So before we get out of here, I, I just I'm kind of curious because it's 
you know, we're, we're going to play a little fantasy football. That's been a big part of our Slack the last several days where we're arguing over like just the most mundane. That's why I love fantasy football because it's like arguing over the stupidest stuff. Um, how else are, are, are we killing? Are, are you killing the time um, between, you know, non-basketball and basketball? Yeah. Um, college football, I guess, is the short answer to that. Ooh. Uh, Went to went to Texas A and M, and so this is you know a promising time if you're an Aggie. So okay. don't judge me for that if you're not. Oh no, no. that's good. Us, I know we're a weird group of people, <laughs> um, but the college football landscape looks really promising for the Aggies. So that's always fun. Um, obviously, living in Houston, I'm pretty close to College Station. Uh, my parents now live in College Station, and so it's a a place where I'm at often, and so I look forward to. Um, that kind of fanhood to transition to basketball. That's the best time period for me as a sports fan is that like overlap whenever the NBA season starts and you got NFL, you got college football, mm-hmm, just uh, stuff all I'm the not time. much of a baseball guy, but there's just sports nonstop. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, I mean, that will be my sports fix. Obviously, um, yeah, lots of YouTube. I'm getting old to where that's what I do now. Like I just watch old games on YouTube 24 seven. You know, my kids, my wife go to bed super early. I got the late night hours to myself. I'll pull up, you know, a 2001, you know, game three, Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks and just watch and just be a little kid again. So uh, I can't get away from it truly. Um, but as far as this season, there's really not much left to do. You're right until media days and we start getting some quotes and some different talking points and just, you know, overanalyzing the schedule. Um, if you're on Twitter, I, I retweeted it today, but there's this guy named Justin Russo. He's I mm-hmm. believe, a LA Clippers guy. Uh, but he put out this awesome Google doc on, uh, you know, he's not through the whole NBA, um, all NBA teams yet, but he put up Dallas and a few other teams and really lays out the schedule really well about rest advantages and opponents and the back to backs and the, you know, five games in seven days. And, you know, he made a point and looking at it now and, and looking at it earlier, the Mavs have an awesome schedule. So I'll be looking forward to just kind of dissecting that a little bit more. Obviously, you can't predict anything, but um, after the All-Star break, only having two back to or three back-to-backs um, is, is, is pretty awesome. And I think that's another talking point for next season. It's just what does Luka look like in a non-condensed schedule mm-hmm. where he actually gets rest in between, you know, playing with the ball nonstop. So, I mean, Porzingis too. I mean, that's, that, I that's, mean, everybody, absolutely. But you could just, dude, it was just, yeah. The condensed schedule for me as a fan was hard. So I can't imagine out being out there running and traveling. And mm-hmm. like, it's like every other night there was a game. And so um, I'm ready for that as well. And I think, you know, the Mavs are in a, in an okay spot and uh, look forward to the season, seeing what happens. Um, the next few weeks or, you know, next month or so, if, if they're able to make, you know, the off season is not over. And so no. I know free agency, we always focus on those first few days, uh, but off season is not over and there might be still a move or two left on the, on the table for them. So, uh, so, you know, keep, keep on watch for that. And then, uh, you know, enjoy some college football and uh, yeah, just get ready for the year. Well, good. Well, we're delighted to have you at Mavs Moneyball. I'm very glad you joined the staff. Um, I think this is about all I'm going to. So, so just so anybody kind of knows what our schedule is going to be like, I'm going to be trying to do some more interviews with people that I know kind of within basketball media. Cause I've just been doing this for a while. Um, I also want to interview and bring on staff like Tim here because we have, 
you know, people may not realize this, but we have like 25 contributors and a lot of our contributors are, are guys like Tim who have, you know, full-time jobs and are, you know, able to contribute once, you know, once, twice a month. And that's just huge for us because we want to have all sorts of different voices. You know, we have Lauren Gunn who does her own podcast. I'm looking forward to having her on if she will um, come on. I haven't actually asked her yet. Um, so Lauren, Hey, you're getting asked on my podcast. Um, and we had, you know, we have is talk over in uh, Slovenia and he and I are going to try to sync up. We have Joe Holbert who is in England. Like we just like so many Mavs fans from like across the world. And it's really fun doing this because it's like it, it, it sports is like one of those things that just like brings people together of very like disparate backgrounds. Like, like our, our guy, Xavier, is just i love xavier he's such a needed mix to our team because he's number one like a numbers guy but then number two he just hails from a part of the country like he's from the bronx <laughs> like his accent is amazing i just love listening to him talk and and it's 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 really fun doing this so i i'm, I'm glad uh to have the opportunity to talk to more of our our team and I'll try to give uh, more of a platform to them in the coming year and hopefully this year will be like I've only been doing this under like extreme duress between like COVID and a condensed season. So like, I'm wondering if I'm going to, if I'll be able to lighten up at all during an eat, during a more uh, traditional NBA schedule. Yeah, man, yeah. it's, it's going to be fun. So it's, it's a good team over at Mads Moneyball and uh, thankful for you, Kirk. And you're the king of, of Mads fanhood. So it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a joy to, to be on your team and to, to hang out every now and then. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Tim. <clears throat> All right, guys. If you don't follow House Mavericks, follow House Mavericks. What are you doing? If you follow me, unfollow me. I'm not very fun on Twitter. Um, this has been Kirk and Tim at uh, you know we're over at Mavs Moneyball. This has been an episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm, uh, where it's all in the Mavs Moneyball feed. I will tell you, I appreciate the uh, people who leave comments, the people who have subscribed and rated. That sort of stuff is really big for us. I will try to get back into the swing of things now that I have a mostly unpacked house. Um, Tim, you got anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, Kirk and Tim, once more, we will talk to you at some point because I hope to have Tim on during the season too. Everybody have a uh, good rest of your week. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.